Hello, my name is Ben Jenkins. Welcome back to another episode of the New Gate Radio Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be breaking down some of the basic settings that we can put into the ventilator uh, in order for it to be doing its thing. Now, there are two different concepts that we're going to go through here. Today's episode is settings, and the, the very next one will be talking about modes. Now, normally, it's done the opposite way around. Normally, when you log on to the ventilator and you turn it all on, you start setting it up. The first One of the first things you're going to do is to uh, select the mode of ventilation, and then within that mode, you put the settings in. The reason I'm going to do it the other way around is so we can have a foundational knowledge of what exactly are the settings to then have an appreciation of why are we selecting that particular mode. So let's get underway. So I guess it's a very normal feeling if you've never looked at a ventilator before or if you've come in and you've started looking at ventilators that it, it, there can be fairly overwhelming about everything that's happening on the screen. There are going to be lines that are going to consistently, there are multiple different lines everywhere. You've got numbers that are fixed that aren't doing anything and you've got particular numbers that are all changing every single breath that's going on. Uh, but I promise you that when we start having an understanding of why that's the case and what it's trying to show us and the concept behind it, it all starts to become a bit more crystal clear. So let's start making that a little bit more crystal clear for you guys. So to start with, there are going to be particular settings that we have mandatorily set that we're telling the ventilator we want this to occur. Then there are going to be other areas where it's what's actually happening from the patient themselves. So if, as a basic example, we'll start with respiratory rate. We have set the rate. Now we have set it at 12 breaths per minute. However, at the moment, the patient is breathing at 14 breaths per minute. In other words, we've set the 12, they're meeting the 12, yet they've taken two extra breaths themselves. So that's why, and then you can have a look at also like tidal volume. We have said that we want to deliver 450 mils per breath. The patient at the moment has got a breath of 445. It's right close to that, that 450 that we've set. And the next breath could be 455. And it's, it doesn't always have to meet that same one every single time. So again, you've got one, one whole section, which is again, looking at what we have set and then what is actually happening from the patient. And that's why you'll have things that are set still, and that's why you'll have things that are fluctuating. So I've already talked about, so we looked at some of the more basic concepts. So let's look at respiratory rate. As I sort of mentioned before uh, in the uh, ABG analysis episode, that depend, like we may set the patient right up front, 12 breaths per minute, still within our normal parameters, our normal physiological parameters. Now, that's the importance of then coming away, having a look at our ABGs quite regularly and seeing off their CO2, do we need to increase their respiratory rate to blow off more CO2? Do we need to lower their respiratory rate in order to retain more or are they within normal already? Can we just leave it as is? The next concept is looking at uh, tidal volume. So as I sort of mentioned, tidal volume is the amount of air that we are pushing in per breath. Now, that's all going to determine how and how much we deliver each breath is going to determine based upon ideal body weight. Now, there are a whole bunch of different um, uh, tools that you can use in order to calculate ideal body weight. Now, normal ideal body weight is between 6 and 8 mils per kilo. 
And that's for stock standard. That's not to do with acute respiratory distress syndrome based upon lung protective ventilation, which again, I'll talk about in a separate episode in itself. But if you keep between normally six and eight is, is how it's set, six and eight mils per kilo. Now you've got, again, six to eight kilos per kilo of and the concept of ideal body weight. Now, if you've got someone that is 140 kilograms uh, and they're quite obese, their lungs are no bigger than someone that would be 80 kilograms, as an example. Um, it's just because you're bigger doesn't mean your lungs are necessarily bigger. And it's the same concept as if you've got someone that is very small and petite, that's why you can't just set off 500 mils of tidal volume and just stock standard, I'm just going to give everyone 500 mils tidal volume. Because 500 mils for someone that is very small and petite could be enough to really hyperinflate those alveoli and cause some damage. Whilst 500 mils for someone that is quite big, that their lungs would be a lot bigger, then that may not be enough. So again, having that concept of breaking down. And a lot of it's based upon the patient's height. Now, it's um, if you've got a ventilator such as the Servo-U, which I mentioned on the last one, so a particular type of ventilator, um, then it will, if once you put in the patient's gender and the patient's height, it, it calculates it for you. It does all the maths in there. Uh, whilst if you go something back on the PB840, you physically have to calculate the patient's ideal body weight. So tidal volume, something else to consider. Um, we've got then positive end expiratory pressure, so PEEP. PEEP is something that you start to become a bit more familiar with um, when you start breaking down the concepts of mechanical ventilation. So in a basic nutshell, you've got our little alveoli. At the end of expiration, there's going to be a pressure exerted in order to keep those alveoli splintered open. Now, if someone who's got no lung pathology, they're not intubated because of respiratory issues, they could be someone that's just come off of a surgery, no issues with their lungs. Uh, normally, what we would set PEEP at is five, five centimetres of water. Stock standard done. But if you've got someone who has very sick lungs, very non-compliant lungs, that's a concept that you'll hear quite a bit and it's something that we'll break down a little bit more in a different episode, the concepts of resistance versus compliance. But for the sake of this episode, we'll just keep it at this. Um, but with um, someone whose uh, lungs, uh, their little alveoli sacs are full of gunk and they're not able to fully partake in gas exchange very well, you may have uh, obviously the antibiotics trying to clear that up. You'll have physios come along and do some uh, manual maneuvers such as they bounce up and down on their chest. They call let's call vibes or vibe and they'll manually hyperinflate via the use of bag valve mask and do all these different procedures. And then what we're trying to do is get rid of the muck out of those alveoli in order to and then increase their positive and expiratory pressure. So at the end of expiration, those alveoli are splintered open and they can partake in gas exchange. Some patients have very sick non-compliant lungs and they require a higher level of positive end expiratory pressure as opposed to someone who don't, doesn't really have any lung pathology. It's usually set and just remains around the five centimetres of water, so just set at five. Uh, then what else can we talk about? So they're your main ones and then there's going to be a whole other ones that we can start setting as well. You've got concepts such as your IE ratio, so inspiratory, expiratory, so for the amount of time that you are delivering a breath, how long are we allowing for expiration to take place? Uh, another big one, so as I sort of mentioned right at the start, yeah, FiO2. So if usually after someone has just come off of just being intubated, for example, uh, patients usually start off at 100% FiO2. 
So once we go go away and we have a look at our ABG, and if their ABG for their PAO2 is through the roof, well, then we can start down, tri down titrating their FiO2 to come back between that 80 and 100 uh, millimetres of mercury. Um, now, this may you may be able to dial it all the way back down to something that's quite low, something around the 30% FiO2 sort of range, 25% if they've got no issues really with their lungs. But for some patients, getting back between that 80 and 100 may require still to have quite a high uh, FiO2. So you still may be up near the 60% for them. Just depends why they've been intubated and what's wrong with them. Another concept is your um, uh, minute ventilation. So minute ventilation in itself is... Uh, your tidal volume times your respiratory rate. And it gives us a guide of what their minute volume should be. Now, I'm going to go over a different episode as well. I'm going to talk about alarm parameters. So we're talking about what is normal versus abnormal ranges for a patient. Now, minute volume is, is pretty decent because if, if we're setting a tidal volume of 450 mils, for example, times your 12 breaths per minute. It's giving us a number that we can say, well, it should be around that sort of mark. And what we can do is we can use alarm parameters to say if we're not getting within that range, well, then something is not quite right. They're not meeting what we have set for that patient. Another big one which is important to go over is peak pressures. Now, within our alveoli, if we were to hyperinflate those alveoli to a point, and we don't set a limit on that, we can cause some big damage uh, and think of it like popping our little air sacs in our lungs, causing barotrauma. So what we do is that we look uh, and we, we're setting a particular peak pressure. Now, what if the ventilator hits that particular pressure, the safety mechanism within it will dump the breath. Now, what that sounds like on a ventilator is it literally goes, hujunk. And so depending on how many times in a row the patient peak pressures, um, the machine will keep dumping the breath until the issue is resolved. And again, a separate episode will come very soon about troubleshooting and some of the things that we can do in order to overcome those issues. But again, just to understand that there is a safety mechanism in place on the ventilator that if it reaches a particular pressure, it will dump the breath for the safety of the patient. Uh, there is quite a few more concepts to go over, but I think at, right at the moment, they're your big main concepts. And now let's start talking about different ventilatory settings, uh, sorry, ventilatory modes.